You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw Tua, looking. Flips it down the wide open! <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill! Unbelievable! Just flew by him for a second time. Tua knew where he was going right away. How the hit is that, little man? I really hope you soon jump on his bandwagon. Waddle, waddle. To a shotgun, back to throw, looking, steps up, fires, touchdown. Got it. It's Waddle. His sixth touchdown Six pass touchdown of the game. day. Drive time with Travis Wingfield begins now. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, the Dolphins win again. It is three straight victories. It's the second streak of three wins this season. It's the second six and three start since 2002. And we're talking about all of it right here on the Drive Time Podcast. We'll hear from Mike McDaniel, Tua Tungavailoa, and the key moments. We'll break down the absurdity that is Tyreek Hill and a heck of a lot more in our five takeaways. And we'll tell you about some teaching tape and the play before the play from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is... The Drive Time Podcast. We start the show off here on the Sunday Night Recap as we do each week talking about some statistics and we'll do it from the game perspective first. Pretty even across the board here except for a couple of key categories. The teams are close in first down. Chicago 23, Miami 20. The Bears did convert 10 of 16 third downs to Miami's 5 of 10. Dolphins 0 for 2 on fourth down. Bears 1 for 2. And here's where the big discrepancy comes from. Dolphins 379 yards, Chicago 368, but Miami does that on 53 plays compared to Chicago's 70. So Miami's offense just rolling right now in terms of the yards per play statistic. 302 of that through the air for Miami, 77 on the ground. For the Bears, it was tilted the other direction, 116 through the air and 252 on the ground. There's no takeaways in this game. The Dolphins register two sacks and don't allow any sacks. And how about this? Miami, three penalties for 38 yards, getting that cleaned up from the last couple of weeks. Chicago, four for 92. Two of those big yardage penalties coming from DPIs on Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. More on that in a moment. And the Bears possess the ball for nearly 35 minutes. The Dolphins for just a bit over 25 minutes. And takeaway number one from this game, where else do you go to besides the quarterback? Tua is, in fact, him, and he continues to look the part. 21 for 30, 302 passing yards. That's another day over 10 yards per pass for Tua Tungavailoa. Three touchdown strikes. That gives him a passer rating on the day of 135.7. He's the first Dolphins quarterback according to CBS Sports, to have back-to-back games with 300 passing yards, three touchdowns, and no turnovers. First ever. Had some good quarterbacks here, by the way. He finishes the day 6 of 7 on third down passing with 109 yards and a touchdown pass and five conversions on those seven attempts. Remember, he entered play with a 142.7 passer rating on third down, which the stat going back to 1991 when they began tracking that stat by quarter and having specific stats for the passer rating, it's the highest ever on third down since that time. 
His QBR on the day was 81.2. That's his fourth game this year with a better than 80 QBR. And by the way, 100 is the max, zero is the minimum, 50 is league average. Four of his performances out of the seven starts, or six starts, I should say. Check that. One, two, three, four, seven starts. Yeah, seven starts. Uh, Four of those seven games with an 80 or better QBR, two of them over 90. He's the only quarterback to have four games over an 80 QBR, and he didn't play two games. He's also currently leading the NFL at 79.7 QBR. The next closest is Patrick Mahomes at 76.7. Before we get more here, let's go ahead and hear from Coach Mike McDaniel on the play of his quarterback and what he's shown from that first team meeting back on April 4th until now, week number nine. Seven months of growth. Coach has been very impressed by his quarterback, Tua Tungabailoa. It's really, um, it's as the the growth um, really since we started, I think our first team meeting was April 4th. and so in seven months' time, the growth has been unbelievable in, in how he's playing the position, learning the whole system, and then how he's uh, handling the ebbs and flows of natural um, in-game momentum. And uh, I saw it again today. You know, he um, didn't really put... Uh, didn't really give the defense an opportunity um, to take the ball away, really. Um, and then he, you know, he just continues to um, impress by by being, um, you know, through the course of the game, just taking one play at a time. And and, and the players themselves can really um, feel the visceral confidence and energy um, that he's that he's bringing forth um, to play the position and responding to it on both sides of the ball, I feel like. I mean, I don't know how you can top that, but we're going to try to talk about his game a little bit more in depth here than you know even Coach gave us there in terms of the impact he has, not just on the offense, but the defense and the entire squad. And I just thought we saw more of the same with this guy they've come to expect, in addition to creating some plays by getting off his spot versus pressure and throwing on the move. That 18-yard touchdown pass to Jalen Waddell when I used to chart quarterbacks, I would talk about are they throwing from the pocket or are they on, are they on the move left to right? He's out in space. He's left the pocket from that pressure, flushed out to the left, and throws a strike between a trio of Bears defenders. And I loved, loved, loved the way Jalen Waddell came back to the football and went and got that ball. It's his ball in the end zone. Touchdown, his sixth of the season. How about the 26-yard pop to Waddle earlier in the game? Uh, more on that in the teaching tape moment of the podcast. Spoiler alert, we're going to talk about Tua's teaching tape. And then also get into the backside to Waddle on the opening drive of the game after reading a full field progression on third down to the front side. You see him so quickly going through the progressions, the head snap, snap, snap to the next spot. And then as soon as he sees it, sees that I have an opening or a spot to put the football into this location for my guy to make a play, By the time he sees it, like there is just no lag between see it and ball out. That release, that decision-making, that processing is what really makes this quarterback stand out right now in terms of leading the league in so many key categories. Gosh, he's playing good. I think when Coach McDaniel talks about playing the position, it's not, you know, the beauty pageant traits. It's playing quarterback, which is still the very most paramount element of the position, processing, decisions, anticipation, accuracy, Tua really checks the box in all those mar- in all those areas, and that's why he's giving you the stats that I've just given you. I mean, the ball comes out hot. His ball handling is exceptional on a lot of those fakes. 
gets us into good run looks. He's absolutely precise with the timing and location in the middle of the football field where you have to be because things happen so fast there. And he entered this game with double the number two quarterback in the NFL of completions. He had 32 coming into today of 10 plus air yards between the numbers in the middle of the football field. Had a bunch more of those today, so I'm sure that stat will increase. He had 32 second place, had 16 coming into the day. Just continues to attack the middle of the field with confidence, bravado, and relentless ability to go after those two playmaking receivers and really the entire complement of guys you know Cedric Wilson making some plays today Trent Sherfield getting some action as well the running backs just this full offense running off of what Tua can do as the distributor it's fun to watch man and my favorite part about this for Tua's game is I thought that his placement in that second half was actually a tad off and I say that by Tua standards because for most quarterbacks that means you're missing throws like high low back you know They're incompletions, second and 10. For Tua, (laughs) that means guys have to go off the frame a little bit. They have to catch the ball down by their belt opposed to their chest when he's off by a little bit. So just go off the frame an inch, pull it in. He really is, if not the most, one of the most accurate quarterbacks in football, just like Tyreek Hill told us back in the offseason. Speaking of Tyreek, takeaway number two. Tyreek Hill's having an absolutely insane season, and the subplot to that is his running mate is pretty damn good in himself. Let's go ahead and start with Tyreek. From a play standpoint, just the attention that he commands is utterly ridiculous, but then he can even still run guys off of the double coverage that he does get. We've seen him do it multiple times this season with bracket coverage, and I love how we get him on those longer developing routes that allow him to attack leverage and push defenders to their absolute brink where they have to make a decision Am I going to squat on this and risk him running by me? Or am I going to get on my heels and defend against that and open up space underneath? And he just has a real innate ability to understand when that DB feels that presence to push them off their route and then just run away from them. Those little crossers, those corner routes, the flag routes, really multiple routes where when Tua has time and climbs and fires, Tyreek catches it with all kinds of space and then can make his moves and get that extra six, seven, eight yards after the catch. Gosh, it's been fun to watch. It's another 100-yard performance. It's his fifth game out of nine with more than 140 receiving yards. It's 1,104 yards on the season for Tyreek, which is already the 11th most in a single season for Dolphins history. It's the most by any player in the National Football League ever through nine games. Calvin Johnson, when he broke the record, uh, what year was that, 2012? When he broke the record, had 1,083 receiving yards that year through nine games. Tyreek also has 206.9 fantasy points. That, by the way, is the most in his career through the first nine games of his career. So he is having the best season so far in his NFL career through these first nine games. He also caught his third touchdown pass of the season and did his best, I should say the best backflip I've ever seen from a person who is not named Simone Biles. He caught seven of eight targets for 143 yards and the touchdown reception. And how about the Penguin on the other side? He caught five of seven for 85, and it would have probably been six for eight for, what was it, 70 more yards, 80 more yards in that touchdown if we got it to him late. We'll talk about that play in just a minute. He did score a touchdown, though, giving him six on the year, and that gives the tandem on the day 12 catches on 15 targets for 228 and two touchdowns. I mean, you want to talk about efficiency on offense, targeting those guys, you know, you ran 53 plays a day, 15 of your plays went through Tyreek and Jalen, so what is that, 15, 30, 45, it's a little more than a, between a third and a, uh, a fourth of your plays, 15.2 yards per play when you go to those guys. Not bad at all. And and how about 
32 and 47 yards of defensive pass interference yardage on either two of those guys. I mean, I'm no mathematician, but 228 plus 79 puts you right around the 300-yard mark again for these guys if you were to include the DPI yardage. How does their quarterback feel about them? I think it's probably pretty good. Let's go ahead and throw it to Tua. That's that's exactly what it is, is if one gets doubled, we're looking for the other, and if that one is, is doubled as well, if they double both of them, then we got to find the next guy. So they, they both complement each other, but they also both complement everyone else on, on our offense. Really fun game to talk about here so far. We are through the first two takeaways with Tua and the wide receivers. They've been pretty frequent in this spot. Let's go ahead and take our first break and come back, and we'll do takeaways three through five. We have the play before the play, the teaching tape, plenty more to talk about some new acquisitions here on your Dolphins roster. That's next. Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. It's a Sunday night slash Monday morning, depending on when you're downloading this podcast. We have the first two takeaways from the Dolphins' 35-32 victory over the Chicago Bears. Another exhilarating victory. I did ask Seth and OJ, do you think today might be the day we have just a normal, regular football game where we go and get a comfortable lead and win and we don't have to stress out back and forth in the fourth quarter? That was the case early. It was not the case late, as the Dolphins' defense does get a couple of stands late to hold off the point or I should say the the lead the offense gave the defense early in the game as well as special teams getting that punt block back for six and speaking of the offense we're going to stay on that side of the football for takeaway number three and it is welcome to Miami Jeff Wilson the touchdown catch alone to me was worth getting this takeaway but I mean we heard coach Mike McDaniel talk this week about his physical running style and how it sets a tone and we heard Jeff Wilson say, I like to get downhill. I don't like to play a lot of games. And boy, we learned that in a big way, both instances in terms of him not playing games and setting a tone from a physicality standpoint, because it sure as heck did that. What a game from him. The Move the Sticks podcast, one of my favorite podcasts out there, Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, NFL Media, and Rhett Lewis joins them as well as a third co-host sometimes. They had a discussion on a recent podcast that was originally about the Dolphins passing game, these young quarterbacks kind of taking the over the guard of the NFL uh, and as the, you know, kind of the Hall of Fame level quarterbacks right off into the sunset here towards the end of their careers. And he was talking a lot about Tua and this offense and how well Tua was playing. And they eventually got to the segment about running backs and forcing missed tackles and how the scouts view these running backs in terms of their ability to make guys miss in three phases. Guys that can step through tackles, guys that can pull through arm tackles, and guys that can run through tackles. So the step through is obviously the lowest of the three of those where you can kind of get, get around the shoestring, get around guys by your legs. The pull through is getting through those, you know, Christian Wilkins two gapping and he throws that arm out. You can get through those tackles. And then when you run through guys, those are your Marshawn Lynch's, your Marion Barber's, those types of folks. And that's about where Jeff Wilson falls from the physicality standpoint. He's only like 195 pounds, so it's pretty crazy the way he packs a punch behind those pads. He just runs through dudes. I cannot wait to see his missed tackles forced 
on Pro Football Focus on the Tuesday podcast. I'll tweet it out on Monday for sure. Uh, he just... He brought a different element to the offense, I thought. His 28-yard gallop also tied a team high this season. Chase Edmonds had a 28-yard run against the Ravens back in Week 2 on the game-winning drive in that game. He was picking up extra crucial yardage with his effort. He gives us 72 total yards from scrimmage on just 12 touches, 9 for 51 on the ground, so better than 5 yards per rush, 3 for 21 through the air, and a touchdown reception. Let's hear from quarterback Tua Tungavailoa on running back Jeff Wilson, Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. That, that's what I got to say. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's his first game with us, and he almost, he almost takes one to score. I mean, and then that same drive, I mean, he, he basically Reggie Bushed <laughs> and dove for the touchdown. Um, I mean, you, you, don't, you don't see that often. So uh, for, for someone like him to, to come – Come from uh, you know the Niners and fit right into our offense like that you know, it tells you a lot about his work ethic. Tells you a lot about uh, who he is as a player and who he is as a professional. So, wow. Yeah, that's kind of how we felt watching him as too, as well. Too good stuff there. That's takeaway number three. Takeaway number four is the Bradley Chubb acquisition impact went well beyond his stat line. Chubb finishes the day with just a half tackle uh, in the game. He had three QB pressures, which actually led the Miami Dolphins and was so, so, so dang close to a key sack late. We'll talk about that more here in just one second. But we did see Melvin Ingram get a crucial sack to push the Bears behind the chains to get second and 15 after a five-yard dump there from the veteran outside linebacker, pass rusher, a little bit of everything in his arsenal. How about Jalen Phillips' effort all day long? We talk about his motor and the way he just relentlessly pursues things. They ran a jet sweep to a wide receiver that he ran down from the backside. How many defensive ends slash outside linebackers, guys that play in that mold at 270 pounds are doing that? There's not many of them. Jalen Phillips does it. And Coach, we'll, talk, we'll hear from Coach here in just a second, talked about players being able to stay even fresher with the impact of getting a guy like Bradley Chubb on the roster and the impact you saw at that position group all day long. For instance, we talked about Andrew Van Ginkle's value on special teams. What does he do but set the Dolphins record for a a punt block return for a touchdown 28 yards is the longest in franchise history. Gink's been playing awesome on special teams all year, and that comes off a play where Jalen Phillips has himself a one-on-one block he has to beat, and OJ broke this down on the post-game show, and OJ's so great at special teams because his rookie year, he pretty much was only a special teamer, and he loves that stuff. I love hearing him talk special teams, and he talked about how on that play, the Dolphins must have seen that this undersized guy was going to be on the edge trying to block a guy like Jalen Phillips, who he you know was giving 50, 60 pounds to, and Phillips sidesteps the block and gets in there, and he he dang near took that ball off the foot of the punter. He was in there so quickly. And you kind of saw the cool look there from Danny Crossman and the Dolphins special teams coordinator and the entire special teams unit where they kind of had some late activity in the middle part of the formation. Guys showing pressure in the middle and you saw the Bears squeeze it. They kind of got tighter in their splits and that left Phillips in a one-on-one situation to come in there and get the pump block. Andrew Van Ginkle scoops it up, runs it back 28 yards for a touchdown. And there you go. Those are two edge defenders, you know, who are not named Bradley Chubb, seeing reps on special teams, making a huge play that changed the game on special teams. That's big time, man. Let's go ahead and hear from Coach McDaniel, who, I mean, I'm going to give it to Coach because he said it, and it's more important, but we'll come back to that topic. Let's go to Coach McDaniel. Uh, You know, very, very good play by both of them. Um, You know, the the 
particular individuals, not just their their skills, but the human beings. Um, getting them this week was exactly what um, we had hoped. They're, they're the type of people that um, are both physical, um, but team guys and very talented. So that um, that really paid off all week. Had everyone real excited. I think um, I think that it paid off um, in several people's statistics defensively. Um, the rotation, the guys were able to be a little more fresh, um, and um, he was he was in and around the ball a ton. And then, um, yeah, Je- Jeff was exactly what I'd known from my experience with him. Um, he's a big game player that um, that really thrives when his number's called upon. And, and to, um, you know, bring that aggressiveness and then, you know, made a couple plays in the past game that were pretty cool. So um, real happy with those, those two guys. Glad they're with us. So you get a little bit of a bonus there talking a two for one with Jeff Wilson as well. But I was, what I was getting to before that was that I was proud to say that I said the exact same thing to Juice and Seth in the green room at the radio station after that pump block. Like, do we get those reps from Phillips and Van Ginkle if we don't have Chubb to take on so much on the defensive side of the football? Like, it matters, man. This stuff really, really, really matters. I know you guys are very sick of hearing about how close we've been in the pass rush. But again, like that quarterback is pretty extraordinary over there. And most guys, you know, I think I think we get them for either sacks or at the very least prevent a lot of those guys from big plays. Because when a Red Hawk quarterback is dealing like Justin Fields was in this game, this league is just not really designed to slow them down that way. We did our best at times to make those plays, but we did make just enough plays at the very end. And a big part of that came through the play of that edge position with Ingram sack. Chubb's pressure and effort, Phillips's pressures and effort, Van Ginkle, the big punt return or punt block return after Phillips's punt block. Good stuff all around from that group. A big, big part of this Dolphins victory. And takeaway number five, you know, we did four really positives. We have to kind of talk about something that we can improve upon, and that is the third down defense and the narrow misses on offense. And again, we have to close this because no game is perfect, right? Tua told us as much after the game. But again, Justin Fields made a bunch of plays, and you certainly. I think, can look inward to see what you can do better. It's so tough, and I just want to make that abundantly clear. It's so tough, but better tackling, better discipline to maybe stay in control when you break down and come come up from distance or come from depth in the scramble game or when he pump fakes beyond the line of scrimmage. It's tough to stay on your feet. A lot of those things are so easy to say but tough to do. But, man, if we can do them, if we can find a way to get them executed, we could really put a full game together and maybe get some lopsided scores in the you know as a result of that. The Bears go 10 for 16 on third down. They convert half of their fourth downs, one for two. A lot of that was rushing by the quarterback who sets an NFL regular season record for rushing by a quarterback with a buck 78 on the ground. We'll see Josh Allen here in about a month. Uh, We already faced Lamar Jackson. Jalen Hurts is not on the schedule, so I don't think you'll run into a guy quite like that the rest of the regular season, but it's worth pointing out the adjustments they'll need to make against a quarterback as dangerous as he with his legs, something McDaniel referred to several times in his postgame presser, and you know he talked about what Fields can do from a natural ability, from the the dynamic element of his game running the football. 
he's a tough quarterback and he looks really good and Bears fans should be super happy that he is theirs. But when a player goes off like that, it presents you an opportunity to find out how to get better. And I trust Josh Boyer and this Dolphins coaching staff will figure that out on the defensive side. But again, two key, key stops at the end of the game. Go back to Pittsburgh, shut out in the second half of the game. Go back to Detroit, second half of the game. No points for the Lions on three possessions. And you got a big fourth down stop to win that game essentially before the offense put it away. So no game goes complete with one side of the football getting it done to get you to the winner's circle. And the defense, despite a rough day for the most part, bounced back and responded huge in a big way late in the game. And then the point B of this fifth takeaway, the two misses by the offense, two chances to really put this game away, and we missed them. And I sure hope that's not the narrative coming out of this game. I mean, it probably will be because it's been that way since one got here. So I guess who cares? But the two narrow misses are not the story here. But we do want to address them since we are a comprehensive podcast. The miss to Durham Smythe. Let's go ahead and hear from Tua Tungavailoa on a fourth down throw that looked open, couldn't complete it, and it gave the Bears offense the football back. Well, I, I seen him and I was getting ready to throw it to him. And I think he took a look up. And so it kind of threw threw off the way I was going to throw it to him because I didn't know if he was going to turn up or or not and so he looked up and I was getting ready to throw then the ball came out and he looked back so that's you know that's that's something that uh you know I'll, I'll need to to work on to you know get better with Yeah, there was not really anybody in that area. So to not get that ball completed was certainly a heartbreaker at the time. Again, thankfully, the defense made us not regret that miss. That one gives you a first and 10, if not first and goal, depending on Durham's run after the catch with 745 to play with a three point lead in the fourth quarter. So you are then just about 10 yards away from really putting the game on ice, potentially with two score lead. Uh, and half of the fourth quarter gone. Then we get another shot after two runs, go for negative one total yards uh, to kick off that penultimate drive at, before the victory formation drive. And Jalen Waddle gets behind the defense on third and 11. Tua lobs it down there, and it comes up just a tad short. We still nearly completed it. Tua put a ton of air under it. And you see you know, a lot of these great deep ball throwers put the a ton of air under the ball and give the receiver a chance to go run under it. And we've seen that really, you know, with Tua all year long. I think looking at singular throws like this in a vacuum is awfully dangerous because hitting super fast guys in stride is not something you expect to do at a high volume, but the Dolphins have done that all year long. It's worked all year, but you can't hit them all. We missed this one. That would have put the game away and we just missed it. But again, luckily it's a team game. And our special teams got a great punt and great coverage to go get the Bears behind uh, the chains or behind where they had to get to kick a game-tying field goal. And that's how you win a game with the defense holding up their end of the bargain at the very end. So there you go, your five takeaways. Third down defense and narrow misses on offense. The Chubb acquisition impact went well beyond his stat line. Welcome to Miami, Jeff Wilson. Tyreek Hill's having an insane season and his running mate, the Penguin, pretty damn good too. And Tua continues his hot, hot start to the season. Looks the part at the QB position. Let's go ahead and take our last break here and come back on the other side and finish up with some additional notes, the play before the play and teaching tape. That's next drive time podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield brought to you by auto nation. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring? 
but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Back here on a week nine recap edition of the Drive Time Podcast. And I want to kick this part of the segment off with Coach McDaniel's opening remarks at his post-game press conference talking about he was asked, is this a sustainable way to win games where the offense comes out to a hot start, defense struggles, and you kind of flip it at the very end. Here's Coach talking about what this team has shown him through nine weeks and a 6-3 and three mark. Yeah, I mean, I kind of see it the opposite way. I see that... Um, I see a, a, a strong example of complementary football. Um, there's been instances all season that's a, I'm really fired up about with the team where one phase, um, you know, the, the whole stadium and both teams can feel that they, they don't have momentum right now. Um, for this game, it was... Uh, defensively, they were able to convert some stuff um, and really stay on the field and dominate time of possession for um, the first three quarters, really. Um, but the, what I'm happy about is the resolve. Um, of course, you, you want to dominate your opponent. Um, they get paid to. They, they did a good job. Um, you know, not not. We, we were hoping to get some turnovers. And they didn't really allow, uh, give us, give us opportunities to. They, they were um, very strategic in in how they they approached the the game plan. I feel like and um, keeping the ball out of our hands. And and you know, to their credit, Justin Fields is um, is as dynamic with the ball in his hands as any any player in the league, really. So um, it it's. It will never be sustainable for one side of the ball to dominate in the National Football League anyway. Um, it's hard to within one game. And um, what I'm just happy about is uh, when uh, the the offense wasn't able to score points, the defense found their best, their best play, and that's um, what we're going to build on moving forward. This team certainly is finding different ways to win games, and it says a lot about a football team. All the best teams have multiple ways to win games, and this Dolphins team is authoring a different victory every week, it seems, so far. Some additional notes before we get out of here. I thought the offensive line play was fantastic, especially, you know, not especially. Rob Jones at left guard, though, was the new guy in the lineup, and I thought he acquitted himself quite nicely. Again, we'll have more on that on the Tuesday edition of the Drive Time Podcast, the All-22 Recap Edition of the Drive Time Podcast. But I thought Teron... Rob Jones, Connor Williams, Rob Hunt, Brandon Shell. That one-yard touchdown run there from Raheem Mostert. Shout out to him, by the way, for finding the end zone on the rushing touchdown. But the way they cleared space, good blocks all across the board, executing in short yardage, big-time stuff for the offensive line, and also no sacks 
Love to see that. I thought Duke Riley and Channing Tindall made some nice plays on that dangerous, dangerous quarterback. Their speed showed up time and time again. Duke had some plays late. We'll talk about that here in one second. Channing Tindall's speed really showed up on that first drive of the game where Fields tried to scramble on third and 10 before the field goal, but he got met by 41, who was able to get him to the sideline, get him out of bounds, and get the Dolphins' defense off the field. Cater Kohu's tackling continues to be absolutely exceptional, whether he's coming up to blow up a screen pass to get a tackle for loss on a run play going wide. He just comes in there under control, but absolutely fast and ferocious. And he makes a lot of great plays behind the line. Also had really good coverage again down the field all day long in defense. I thought Eric Rowe had some big plays where he really showed you his ability to understand angles and passing concepts and getting width in the passing game to put some big hits on tight ends and cut down their ability to run after the catch. So those guys I thought earned some notes here. In the post game, we'll also have more for you guys again on Tuesday, covering the entire game from a film standpoint. The play before the play, we have to take this to the plays before the play because the Bears' final possession. I mean, how many of you guys felt like after those two conversions they got, the two third down conversions, that like, ah, the best case scenario here might just be overtime? The only ones who could do something about it was the defense, and they did. That's how you win in this league, man. And I think that series of plays showed you a little bit of everything. You had Sealer and Wilkins stack up a play for Duke Riley to come in there and finish it off for just a two-yard run from Khalil Herbert. Then Duke, again, keys the quarterback and gets downhill in a hurry and chases him down to get him down behind the line out of bounds for a two-yard sack. Loss of two is big there to get to third and 10. Then we get some really tight coverage downfield from Keon Crossing with Javon Holland coming up over the top. And Keon did a good job getting his eyes back on the football. I thought Javon was going to pick it off. Winds up being a pass breakup. And then the fourth down stop, you know, it was a drop pass, but you know what? By making the plays on first through third down, you put yourself in position to capitalize on a mistake. Just look at our drive at the end of the first half. A couple of mistakes was the difference with the 12-man penalty and a drop pass out wide between potentially seven and three. Then you wind up with nothing at the end of it. So that continued effort was such a key part of this whole win. And those first three plays on downs one through three help you get to that key fourth down. The teaching tape, I talked about it in takeaway number one with Tua, was the 26-yard hit from Tua to Waddle. Where you see Tua just completely remove the linebacker by kind of looking in that direction and then flipping his hips and shoulders and his eyes over to the flat and the the linebacker gets all the way out of there. It creates a gap inside for Tua to thread the ball into a tight window for 26 yards with the catch and run after the fact. Teaching tape for Tua in the way he displaces those curl hook defenders and puts them to the flat and creates space for his guys to create their own space to make plays after the catch. So really good stuff there from QB1. Again, 21 for 30, 302 passing yards and three touchdown passes again. That gives him 50 15 touchdown passes to just three picks this year. Also has not turned the ball over in three games. Pretty good way to win football games if your quarterback plays that well. All right, let's go ahead and call it a podcast. We'll be back with you guys on Tuesday for the All-22 review. In the meantime, you all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank Podcast, the Twitter Spaces Show, every Wednesday at 8 o'clock, our international podcast here on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. Check out our YouTube channel for, channel for media availabilities, Dolphins today. There's some drag time and fish tank content for you as well. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Caroline, Daddy, it's coming up. Fins for the win. <laughs>